Hello and welcome. My name is Rami Yaqub, Executive Director of the Tahrir Institute for Middle East Policy, also known as TIMEP. Today, I'm joined with my fellow colleague, Diana Raiz, TIMEP's non-resident fellow who focuses on public health in the MENA region. Diana is also a PhD candidate at the Johns Hopkins University. Today marks the 51st World Health Day, themed Together for a Fairer, Healthier World. Diana, I wanted to ask you, in your view, what does uh, eliminating health uh, inequities mean for the MENA region, in light, obviously, of the COVID pandemic? Thank you very much for having me, Dami. Well, the MENA region is particularly interesting in considering uh, this World Health Day theme um, because it has one of the largest gaps in socioeconomic classes, resources, and access to healthcare um, across the various countries. So, for example, you have the Gulf countries who are at the highest income per person in the world, such as Kuwait, Qatar, and the UAE. And you have countries that are among the poorest in the world, like Afghanistan, Yemen, Syria. And of the countries in the region, about 10 are designated as fragile and conflict-affected states by the WHO. And this has really increased in the last decade, since 2010. So there are enormous differences in health between the countries, um, and inequities have always existed in the region. Um, now, the right. COVID-19 pandemic has, has um, definitely exacerbated these health inequities, and so it makes for a very fair um, and interesting World Healthy theme, but one that requires a lot of work in, in going forward. Yeah, sounds like it. So what can be done to mitigate the gap in the less fortunate countries of the region? So my area of work really focuses on individuals who are considered the most vulnerable in, in the region, um, specifically looking at refugee and migrant populations, IDPs, and those who are impoverished or living with disabilities. So um, a lot of these communities are living in limbo and there's not really any national health policy that um, uh, addresses uh, access to healthcare for these communities. And so a lot of uncertainty, of course, really um, you know, comes to the forefront when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic and thinking about vaccine access and distribution to these communities. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So the WHO recommends that each country develop a local health and equity, or excuse me, health equity plan. And these plans sure. should outline priorities for reducing health inequities in each country. Um, but I think these plans should really be endorsed and supported by other countries in the region, namely the wealthier countries who can support the region as a whole. Um, with yeah. financial resources, um, as well as with the humanitarian crisis that are currently ongoing. Yeah. So with, with regards to, um, you know, the global north or, or slash western uh, community, if you will, western countries, what can they do? Like, what can they do to help support or like fix and mitigate the, the in, uh, like inequities in the, in the region? I think it really comes down to funding. So for example, having um, countries in the global north continue funding uh, large institutions like the WHO, uh, which yeah. are responsible for resolving health inequities in the region. Um, and for example, uh, with the uh, COVAX uh, facility, which is distributing uh, vaccines to about 20% of the population in the region, um, I think scaling up funding and advocacy uh, regarding uh, the importance of COVAX in order to reach um, the populations in MENA, including those who are most vulnerable. I think that's where um, countries in the global north should really be focusing most of their efforts um, in order to support them in the region. And I also call on, you know, again, the, the wealthier countries in the region um, who have succeeded in vaccinating um, the majority of their populations, um, such as the UAE, Bahrain, Qatar, um, to also scale up uh, vaccine distribution to countries that are you know, less fortunate or have um, a more difficult time accessing vaccines. 
Yeah, I believe like some uh, the UAE has been doing some of that. I think they've been shipping um, some vaccines to Egypt and, and elsewhere, but obviously much That's more right. needs to be done um, in that capacity. Um, and with regards to the vaccines, like I know, can you tell us more about uh, actually um, uh, refugees and like how are, how are refugees being dealt with in general, but not just the COVID, if you want to like reflect on refugees at large? Absolutely. Well, um, you know, refugees and, and migrants more broadly are, are of vast importance in terms of vaccinating the population because they make up the majority of, of the population in some countries, um, such as Lebanon and Jordan. And countries like Jordan have already started vaccinating refugees, uh, especially through the UNHCR, um, which has been really empowering to see. I mean, they were among the first that were vaccinated um, in the last yeah. couple of months. Um, but there's certainly a lot that needs to be done, especially in, in countries like Lebanon, where, you know, um, cur the current economic and political crisis has also um, set back access to healthcare and vaccination for the local population. So it's also a matter mm -hmm. of um, making sure that these inequities um, are addressed for both the host community and refugees as well. Yeah, I, uh, I know it's a, an uphill battle and there's plenty mm -hmm. to talk about. I know there's other things than COVID as well. Um, so... Uh, but for the sake of time, uh, I, I'm sure this is the first of many um, conversations. Deanna, I thank you so much uh, for this conversation. Very quick conversation. And, Absolutely. Uh, love that. Yeah. We'll hopefully do it again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Rami. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.